You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, men. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. <laughs> Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fina show with your host joe miller that's me and i'm sitting here with the man the myth the legend john fina himself john you look good you got the rock and the visor you're rocking oh, the john fina t-shirt rocking my new jf70 t Woo! thanks that, mark and that, lisa thank you for the uh, the uh visor they gave you the visor as well yeah dude that's all that's, that's from lisa that's a the, check the fit that's what all the all the kids say now so check the fit like the fit I, is I I already checked it. That's why it fits. It's adjustable. <laughs> the fit is fantastic. But uh, welcome, everybody, into the show. Uh, you are watching, tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and podcast network brought to you by Q42. And who is Q42? Well, Grills Mafia. Let's talk about Q42 and their authentic barbecue sauces. There's the KC style sauce, which is totally fine to slather on your barbecue ribs now that the Bills have dominated the Saints on Thanksgiving night. And then there's a the Carolina-inspired mustard sauce, former first-round pick, the guy sitting right next to me, and current uh, current podcast, Idol. Man, he, they use the word idol in there. You're an idol. John Fina loves this one. And that was even before this sponsorship came around, which lets you know that it's true. Like, he really does love it. But uh, that's a real John Fina endorsement right there, just like how both of these sauces are made with real ingredients like real Western New York honey. You can order Q42 barbecue sauce by going to Q4, uh, Q42BBQ.com. Use the code FINA Show, as we like to say in all caps. So yell the word FINA Show. Get 50% off your order, 15% off your order right now. And order quickly or soon or get your orders in because on Twitter, uh, the owner, Iman, basically talked about how every, the whole bunch of stuff was out of stock. So the stuff is apparently selling like crazy. So, yeah. Like hot sauce. <laughs> Barbecue sauce. Selling like hot sauce. It's craziness. It is craziness. It is craziness. But we have, uh, it's Patriots Week, John. It is Patriot. It's officially Patriots Week. Uh, my company got us off uh, Patriots Day, but I think that was a month or two ago. Yeah, this is November. Different. I don't think I don't well, think they're going to give you this whole week off leading into Monday. I hope not. How are you feeling before we, we just start- sit around and obsess? <laughs> before we get started on the Saints game and take a quick look back, uh, which is weird to be this far removed from it, so so many days removed from it. Uh, how are you feeling with the the Patriots game coming up, the Patriots week? 
Well, geez, I'd like to have number 27 back. So I don't know if we can mag- magically go back in time and make that adjustment. I don't think this is the toughest week that we would miss him, but missing that guy in every phase of the game is, is going to cause some impact. Yeah. But Dane Jackson's there, right? You got to step up. Next man up. It's just the way it goes. I mean, we can't look back. It's not like it's an ankle injury and sit around like hoping and praying for right. you know when he's going to be able to take reps at practice and be full go that's this is it right that we make this run without him but with his leadership i guess yeah. is the is the way to look at it um, I'm, a little, I'm a little apprehensive myself so and it has i don't know that it's all because of trey i'm just interested in what we're going to see from this football team and, and it's funny that you brought trey up that was unscripted like we didn't even plan that because for what me, do we script. I mean, we, we really script that <laughs> well, much. We script the clips. I mean, the script. Okay, yeah, there we go. Hey, don't make everybody think like we're spending nine hours a day, like back and forth with the producers and the copywriters. There is and the a sponsors. Gen- There's a general outline for the show. We definitely need a producer because somebody messed up the intro. It was totally me. I, I befungled the whole intro. But um, by the way, good point. You got it right on the first try. That was impressive. Um, on the trade piece for me, I, I have wondered recently as it pertains to this Buffalo Bills coaching philosophy, because I feel, and I think you would agree that they're far more conservative. McDermott's far more conservative. The play calling is far more conservative than they were last year when that defense they knew was not going to help them at all. So there was a, all the chips are in the middle of the table. We got to come out running and gunning and throwing the football all over the field because we're going to have to outscore every single team we play, which is pretty much what they did last year. Save a couple. I wonder with Trey going down, if it's going to move them back into more of a foot on the gas pedal, got to go, got to get points now kind of mentality. Yeah, you're, you're just not even going to talk about the defensive adjustments that need to be made. I mean, the the nice thing, though, I shouldn't say nice thing, but the, the only glimmer of upside not having the guy is that we're used to just rushing four. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't we don't run a lot of zero. We threaten blitz a little bit. We bring people off the corners in strategic uh, situations. So I had to get that out. Yeah. Um, if, if we were a team that relied on seven guys getting pressure or just moving the quarterback, which I don't think we do a great job of, but we're not terrible either. Right. Offensively, I think you might be onto something there. I mean, don't quote me. Are we recording this? It's being but, recorded. Dang, again? I'll have to watch say my it. mouth. Say it. No, I like where you're going with it. I, I, I do. I, you know, there, I don't think we've been throwing the ball downfield on verticals a lot recently, mm-hmm. but what we've been doing is utilizing play action significantly more. And if you want to say Brita is the guy and Brita is a bigger threat now than, than DS and ZM, then you now you have a legitimate way to get guys open on the seam mm. with play action. So you could be onto something, Joe. There might be something bouncing around in that little Meloneers. Well, with that, let's transition because that was a perfect segue again by the man, the myth, the legend, John Fina. Uh, let's let's actually transition to the Saints game. Before we do, let's welcome some people into the chat. Pam, Pamela's in the chat. Cam Geezy's in the chat. Brian Bowers. What's up, Brian Bowers? Good to see you. Jay, Con- who are you waving at? Are you waving, trying to catch my well, I'm on the podcast, Roman. What's up? <laughs> yeah, the Daniel, food's ready. Daniel Gowers is on the <laughs> chat or in the chat. Richard Rush is in the room. Richard Rush. Pamela Juan Torres. All the usual folks are up in here, but uh, so we're going to get right Torres, to it. It's Torres. It's yes, that. Torres. I can't, I, that trilling the tongue thing has escaped me my whole life. And what's funny about that as we, as we digress or rabbit trail in Spanish, when I took Spanish in high school, my Spanish teacher was like, every kid played on the ground and like made 
do the trill. Do it. Torres. Yes. They were like, she was like, this is the sound that you made when you were playing cars. So I know everybody in the room can do it. And I was like, never made that sound when I played cars. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, yeah, I don't have that skill. So it just is what it is. So I'm deficient. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, Arie, whatever that word is for the, that, the double R, I'm deficient. <laughs> You're forgiven. <laughs> Super deficient. Mostly. Thoughts on the game? Yes. Give me your thoughts on the Saints game. So expectations going into it versus what played out and how we how we how we did. Well, I expected to win. I mean, it's kind of a de- depleted uh, Saints team, right? There yeah, were nothing sure. special. I mean, I think the record was five and four, five and five when we got them, and we left them at five and five or five and six. But it's clear to me why. I mean, they just, other than a few guys up front, a couple of skill players. I mean, can we, I, Trevor Simeon was just not good right. when guys were open. So we like that, right? We, we, we thrive on that. The concern is when are we going to play somebody again with, you know, that can run the ball and throw the ball competently and then have some defense. I didn't think they're. I didn't think their defense was particularly amazing. They had flashes here and there. Yeah. My expectations were that we were going to beat them. Now my thoughts on the game is, is it a, is it a reverse trap again? Mm. I mean, don't, don't walk out of Thanksgiving in new Orleans thinking that you've achieved too much. I mean, you've achieved a little, right? You, you're advanced, you know, you stay competitive, beat, beat the, beat the Patriots twice once and then don't lose out. And then you win the division. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So I guess they met my expectations. Defense played lights out. Mm-hmm. I mean, lights out. And we're just getting to that level now. We're expecting more from the defense, you know, or less. We're expecting less from the defense because they set the bar here. <laughs> right. And previously we had our offense up here. So we're kind of doing this thing. And yeah. now we're like, offense, catch up. What the hell? <laughs> uh, you know, there were there were some there were some great plays. There were some disappointing moments but there always are i mean let's be realistic there is no nobody plays a perfect game it's never as good as you think never as bad as you think but i think the risk is that if people leave this game thinking that they're you know they should know they're in the hunt now right Mm -hmm. or they're they're not it they're not the it guys at the moment now the cure for that could be rally around trey white Mm -hmm. that could bring everybody like we gotta you know this is real now we lost a guy we love and adore who plays off the charts, you know, that can, that can be a rallying cry and that can carry you for what do we need? Eight games. <laughs> what are your thoughts and expectations? Those were mine. Don't so, steal them. I'm not, no, I'm not going to steal any. Um, so for me coming into this game, you know, obviously no running backs. They didn't have a quarterback, you know, Winston's out. They didn't have a tight end. They didn't have a wide receiver that anybody could really name. Uh, you know, Ty Montgomery is a cast off from, I think the the bears or something like that. The, the, the expectation I had was what they were, they were going to win and they were going to win handily. It was funny because I got accused of being negative in my post game show. Like afterwards, a whole bunch of people like you were so negative. And it's like, I just didn't, I, I'm trying to keep it real. Right. So we like lose to the Jaguars and you're like in the gutter. And then, like, the next week, we, like, crush the team we're supposed to crush. And then we (laughs) get destroyed by the Colts, and the defense doesn't show up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you beat the Saints. Like, you crush the Saints, and you're supposed to. Jets, right? The Jets were the second high. And it just turned into, I didn't didn't want to come out, like, Super Bowl in my post-game show because it was more of a, well, let's just pump the brakes. That, That team is not good. Like the team they played is not good. Um, but what's interesting about that is I think some of that comes out of my expectations as well. 
And I wonder if my expectations need to change because I came into this season expecting last year's offense, the 2020 offense, and I was expecting the defense to return to form. The defense did. And I think my expectation was met there, right? And you were talking about offense, defense. And I think my expectation for the offense was going to be there and it just hasn't. So there's a great deal of like, I, I not let down. I'm just not sure what I'm going to get week to week. And I feel like this team can perform both sides of the ball, like at an insane level and just steamroll people. And we're not really getting it. Now, football's hard. You know that it's a week to week game. It's a year to year game. And it, there's no guarantees. Obviously, there's another, they always say it, the other guys on the other side of the field are getting, or on the other side of the ball are getting paid to play too. So then they're trying to stop you. And the Bills we've talked about it, are the marked team. Everybody wants to beat them. So for me, I think I have to I think I have to do better about my expectations going into the games so that my my reaction and my emotional state after the game is a little bit more in line with what we watched. Does that make sense at all? It does. I just want to bring up that you're a gener- generally uh, relatively negative person anyway. So I don't know why anybody would want to go on your podcast and expect sunshine and roses. No, I think you're spot on. And I think um, if there isn't a dose of sobriety for everyone in the Bills Mafia at this point in time, then, yeah. you know, you're, what do they say? You're either whistling past the graveyard or you never wanted to believe at all. Right. Right. So I, I, I like, you know, regression to the mean. Right. So we're kind of like, give. it's like gambling. You go, you win a few hands of blackjack. You don't want to celebrate too much because, you know, they keep the lights on somehow. Right. You, <laughs> you're going to give a little bit back. Right, right. So as long as you're not too far in either direction. Right, right, right. right. But it was great. It was great to see that defense play the way that it did. Um, I'm anxious to see Dane Jackson play. I've been, as you know, since last year, screaming for Dane Jackson. Um, am I a little concerned about having, you know, an undrafted rookie free agent who came to the Bills in Levi Wallace playing, who's been a two-year starter, and then a seventh-round corner as our two starting corners? Makes me a little nervous, but I'm excited to see what they bring. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, I'm excited to see if the defensive philosophy changes with pressure. If they do try to throw some, start throwing some blitzes in there to kind of speed up the quarterback a little bit. Um, Yeah. So I think going forward, it'll be interesting to see kind of how the defense plays and how we scheme things. I don't think they're going to move off the nickel four, two. They're going to stay in that. That's just who they are. Right. So, and Taron Johnson is not moving to the boundary. We can just, a lot of people were talking about that and have been for the last couple of days. Why don't they just move Taron Johnson into Trey spot. It's like Taron Johnson is not a boundary cornerback. He's not an outside corner, so that's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, so that, those are pretty much my expectations. Good. What what about the good from this football game for you? What what did you like as far as what you saw, other than the defense, which we kind of already hammered a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think it's good that the special teams don't kill you. Mm. Marquez Stevens Stevenson didn't really flash. He didn't like, flash, he didn't, but he didn't hurt us. Right, he did drop the ball. Sorry, am I shouting? No, no, you're not. He did drop the ball, but he he definitely did not. I mean, there wasn't. A, I don't think he got an opportunity. He didn't really get a kickoff. He's a kickoff yeah. return specialist. He's not a right. punt return specialist. He didn't do that in college. He he didn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't. It what. It wasn't anything to write. It wasn't like oh my god, we found the guy. Like it wasn't that right. right? Would you the good for me? I'll start with the good. Vernon Butler scratched, Zach Moss scratched, and uh, <laughs> uh, who, who am I missing? Uh, oh, and Isaiah McKenzie scratched. Those were those were those. That's well, probably. I, I, won't, I won't give you the Zach Moss one. I think that's that's not a that's not the good. I mean, it's I not was like, ready to see something different. It's I guess not, is what okay. I'm well, about. that's fine. I mean, yeah. but you know, Zach Moss tries. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now I think Isaiah. That that's you know that's we'll try a different guy. You know, yeah. I think that's your whole concept, right? Is like, if you didn't believe in him 
it took one fumble when you could have thought about that eight weeks ago or what have you or six weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I didn't miss Vernon Butler. And you remember what we talked about last week. Uh, you know, oh, th- this is what they said about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's code for you played poorly. <laughs> <Right>. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, who who in the room is shocked that he well, he didn't dress for the game? Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's kind of a weird thing to go with the good at. So my turn now, which... Uh, well, I think I think you, but I think I, I, if it came out as being mean towards those players, that's not what I meant. I meant it was more no, about I know, the mix-up. But you're just, I was, I, the good was I, the mix-up. I was ready I'm, for the shake. I'm making little ticks on my paper for genuine, generally negative <laughs> moments by Joe. I'm up to five. There's a five right what there. What do I win if I get if I get the ten? Do I win something? You don't get nothing. You get to pay fifty dollars and pick up the garbage. <laughs> Rock and roll. All right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the good, the defense was solid. I mean, solid. I'll tell you, I, I you just got to continue to look at uh, Big 91, Ed, and just say, wow, he's he's delivering now, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe because you don't have star for the past few weeks, maybe just the belief is strong enough, strong in this one. I loved how Tremaine and Milano were just flying downhill. I mean, yeah. they're attacking yeah. the line of scrimmage. And we need to do that. We need to stop the run. And, uh, you know, secondary – almost kind of ghosted us so that uh, they didn't do anything terrible. I mean, you know, Le- one guy got away from Levi and like a 14 yard gain or what have you, but I, I mean, are we, are we, is our expectation that no offense will gain a single yard against us? So no. I, and, and I think they, they performed incredibly well. I think our receiving core was quite good. Yeah. Very good. I think Josh was good. I, you know, Actually, I think Josh was very good. You know, both the interceptions really weren't on him. Uh, the one was kind of a shared little miscommunication between he and Stefan. Who's going to go? Or was it Sanders or Stefan? Uh, Stefan know. Diggs. Yeah, I mean, he threw it to where he thought he was going to go, and he went the other way. And happens. And, yeah, happens. So by and large, and I thought the offensive line played fairly well. Um, you know, there's still some things that I would kind of say that uh, Cody Ford, if he's going to be in there long term, he's got to get better on the backside. Um, he's just there's no real giddy up. And, you know, Dion had probably two and a half plays that, I, you know, he'd probably want to have back. Not probably that he certainly wants to have back. Somebody found it. Somebody got your movie quote. Thank you. It's not a movie. It's a song. Oh, sorry. My bad. I thought it was a movie quote. Arlo Guthrie. <laughs> you can get anything you want at Alice's Rest. Um, Damn, I'm old. Every, yeah, you're older than me. We'll just that's leave a, it at that. That's we'll, a negative. <laughs> you said you're old. I didn't say it. Um, so, yes, I love what I'm seeing out of Ed Oliver. Like, this dude is just answering the bell. And it's what's funny about him answering the bells. He's doing it when stars not in as well. Like he played like a freaking man with his hair on fire in that football game. And yes, they were missing three offensive line starters as well as everything else that they were missing. But the dude just, and we're going to see some of the, some of the, we're going to see one of his clips uh, here in a second. Uh, Cause we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try a new strategy on the John Fina show, which is we're going to put the good clips with the good portion, and we're gonna put the needs work clips with the needs work portion versus just showing clips whenever we want to. So we're going oh, to try to make it make sense. That? Yeah. We're okay. going to try to make it make, well, if we can make sense of this mess, <laughs> we can try to make it make sense. Uh, but that, that move that Stefan Diggs put on Mar, uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore was just ridiculous. Like that's, that's something that Marshawn Lattimore doesn't want to watch over and over and over again. Right. It's the, it's it's the stiff arm by Derrick Henry on Josh Norman. Like Josh, like don't ever show that again, and it just keeps getting shown and shown and shown. And all week long, that's all we've seen is that move that he put on him. Yeah. Go ahead. 
I know I'm talking about skill players. You don't like me it talking about all, skill. It just happens to all of us, man. I mean, you know, everybody's <laughs> everybody's been knocked on their hiney. Anybody sure. who says they haven't never really strapped it on. For sure. And I thought Brita performed well. I thought Brita kind of took the opportunity. I mean, he didn't, it wasn't, he didn't, wasn't a world beater, but it wasn't bad either. I mean, they're still trying to force the run. It seems like they're still trying to do whatever they can I to make. So. I think they had, I think they had very nice, effective runs between Brita and Singletary. I mean, we expect our defense to drop them for a no gain on every play. We can't, you know. Well, they average. They, the both, they both thoughts. average. They both average two point nine yards a carry. So I wouldn't say that that was effective. But it, it was effective when we needed it. We broke out some mm-hmm. nice runs. Yeah, I think. I think one point it that might you be said, confusing one of the runs as a screen for a touchdown. It was touchdown. a pass. The breed, it's a modified. It's a modified. It is a modified run. run. That's it. I, I loved what you said, and I think sometimes Bills Mafia misses this part too, because so often I've been at a bar at a friend's house or I just had people over, and like one twenty-one yard pass. I'm just making it up now. The other team completes and like people are losing their minds like the whole game is over because of one 21 yard pass and they had some <laughs> relatively big gainers in that game and still only scored six points so i think yeah. sometimes our expectations to your point that's right is, is we need to like no no, no they're going to gain yards and this defense is predicated on the idea of kind of letting them get between the 20s like they're going to make some gains between the 20s and we're going to shut them down inside the red zone um, same thing with you know Josh Allen. Every single pass he throws is not going to be completed, even though almost all of them were in that game. Or uh, covered in gold. Mm. Yeah, they will not be. Is that what you're saying? So That's he actually right. completed a twenty. What was it twenty three or twenty six or something like that? And actually, two of those were intercepted. So he actually completed twenty five to twenty six. <laughs> if you think Here, about it, that's number seven. That is, that is not negative. That's a positive. Totally I'm being, negative. I'm being positive. I mean, when when there's so much upside, and all you can do is focus on one tiny little thing. Oh. My God, man, what are we married here? Do I mean, just, do we wait. need a sub on the host? Can I get a sub? Like, I need a yeah. sub. <laughs> <laughs> So the first play that we're going to go to, yeah, exactly. So you need to bring it, bring the lefty, uh, is, uh, Matt Breida, right? You wanted, uh, you wanted to talk about this Matt Breida. I got to drop this banner. So in two seconds, there we go. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it wasn't really about, uh, Matt Breida. What I really wanted to focus on was we're running power strong and you get an incredible double team on the front side, contrary to last week when we talked about the the tackle and guard, not combination blocking to the proper linebacker. We left the play side backer run. Mm-hmm. When you watch this, you see Ford and Williams taking the three technique to the correct linebacker. So when Boker comes through the hole, he hits the right guy, and that's what springs springs the play. So going, go, you can run it now. So Ike is going to pull is what we're going to see in this play, right? Yes, Unless you mixed them up on me as a nope, uh, I did F, not. U, F U to Fina. <laughs> Here he pulls. There you the, okay, you see where Williams has got his guy and driving him right there at the 24 and a half? Yep. That's because he comes off beautifully on the three technique. So they double team this already. They've got a yard of movement on the defensive tackle. And you see the linebacker's feet. He's gathering. He's gathering because he's about to catch Williams, which I don't recommend for anybody. And it makes it a great play. I mean, that's a five-yard, five, six-yard game. I mean, but the important thing about this is so many of the things that you don't like about our running game really isn't the running game. It's missed assignments. I watched, yeah, and Dawson Knox, he's got to get better. I mean, he's just got to get better. Even on that block, it was serviceable, but any defensive end in the league knows they're going to toss him around a little bit because he's not fierce enough. Mm. They were talking. They talked up his blocking ability in that football game too. The announcers ooh, were talking. Talk, the announcers were talking ooh. about like uh, so. Mike Tirico. Do they, do they watch? 
And do they Drew, watch the film we watch? We clearly know that they do not watch the film on the Buffalo Bills. So they don't watch. I mean, they, they just don't. So when you hear the the what what any of the announcers talk about week to week, we know that they definitely don't watch the games. But no, this was a this was a great play. I would take this all day long because the funny thing too is like if we got this three times in a game, four times, like Breed is probably going to skirt, uh, squirt through one of them for what, 20, 30 yards, right? Yeah, I think what helps us too is there's nobody in space putting a, a defender in a nasty position, right? So you don't have anybody who can play in space and then get there in time. And what they did, they didn't roll a safety down, so they, they got that corner, the, the slot corner walked off considerably. So he's not kind of playing in that nasty position where he can be on rud support, and the linebackers can cheat over a little bit. So yep. I think that was pretty much because you know, the Saints don't have a lot of confidence in their secondary, right? So they're going to run that too deep, and it's going to be zone, and it's going to be, you know, running for the taking. Yep. Uh, I forgot to tell everybody as well, we are Super Chat Live, so if somebody wants to ask John a question, or if you've got something that you want to say, uh, feel free to Super Chat us. You don't have to put a bunch of money in there, a dollar or two, and uh, it'll glow in the chat in the comments section so I can see it, and then uh, we'll throw it up there. So if you've got something you want to ask John, please feel free. So the next one we're going to get to is uh, Ed Oliver, is the Ed Oliver, one of the Ed, Ed Oliver sacks. Nope, wrong one. Yeah, you can skip that, or yeah. There we go. Okay. Here it is. My bad. Are we gonna, let's watch it. Yes, so what I love about this yeah. play, and we're going to see it from, I think you have the end zone on this yes. play as well. Yep. Just the beauty of this is he comes, he crosses the face of the center, but it's not about that. It's about what he does with his leverage. He gets underneath his pads and he gets right tight. There. So the center can't lock him out. So he closes the gap. He gets low and he puts the center in, a, in an impossible position because he can't reset his hands because Ed's right up against his shoulder pads. And he's strong enough and he's got enough leverage where he's bringing that hand up underneath the center's right breast mm -hmm. and he's able to turn him. It, it's a really great play. And this will dovetail into the next one from Ed too. But he just has really fine use of his body and his leverage. Yeah, it's he dips, he dips. You can you actually see his shoulder dip down, like like he stands up and then he dips back down and comes underneath him, which is uh, exactly what you're talking about. And once he's underneath him, right there, there's nothing the guy can do. Right, and they set this up for him a little bit defensively, right? So you walk guys up in the gap. You have uh, Tremaine Edwins Ed, Edmonds walked up, so you really you have no ability to slide. The biggest thing that kills Ed Oliver in pass rush is a double team, just like any defensive tackle, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So look at the alignment of, I don't know if it's Jerry Hughes or if it's Addison or Ife Obada. I think it's it's Ife Obada. Um, but now Hugh, you got to... Hughes, Hughes on the left side of the line. No, but in, uh, next to Oliver. Oh, next to Oliver is, uh, yeah, it's Ife Obada. Yep. So this, this is actually a very uncommon uh, alignment. Right, you've got three, three defensive linemen on clearly on one full side of the center. So what would make this normal is if Ed got in a zero or a one or even back to a one on the right guard. So this is kind of a a, a situation they they're creating this for Ed. How can we get Ed walked up? You got Milano and Edmonds up in the gap, right? Mm -hmm. So fifty one has to honor that threat. He, he's going to get sugared because one or both of them drop. But what that does is it prevents the left guard from helping uh, the center, and it, it it's a one-on-one. -on -one. It's a really cool defensive alignment. You've used that term before, and I love it. Uh, tell everybody again what being sugared means if you're an offensive lineman. Oh, uh, so 
51, the right guard. He's got a guy who's inside Ed Oliver's feet, Tremaine Edmonds, right? He has to honor him as a threat. So he can't take his eyes off him. He has to set in order to take him as if he's coming, right? Right. But then when the guy bails out, that's what you're getting sugared. Like you're, you know, you're getting lined up to take a guy. He actually didn't feel like he was coming. He figured Milano was coming. He had to get depth anyway. So he got sugared by one, take the other guy. And uh, it just ended up in a really, it's five on five or four on five. And we end up winning. Five yeah, actually, on six, sorry, because he kept the tight end in. 51 in this stop picture, stop frame is holding Matt Milano as well. <laughs> so, I don't think so. He's that's got his hands hold. underneath his shoulder pads. His whole entire arm is showing. I think that's okay. You think so? Yeah. Gotcha. I didn't. I thought they had to stay inside the shoulders. They couldn't be underneath the shoulder pads like that. Like he's oh, way no, up. That, that's actually, I would step on babies and octogenarians to get a hold of a guy like that. <laughs> If you can get your hands in their armpits right there and your thumbs on he's the not outside. In his, he's not in his armpits. He's underneath the shoulder pad above his shoulder, like pushing his shoulder pad into his face. I'm good uh, with that, too. I'm going to coach that up. I'm going to call a kid funny. in here. I don't have the next Ed Oliver play. So do you want to just talk about that next one that it, you said it flowed into from there? Yeah. Um, basically, what we look at, what makes offensive linemen crazy is when a guy comes and he, his first move doesn't work and then he quits and just kind of leans on you. Right. You mm-hmm. see that, the, the push of death yeah. uh, where a defensive tackle just like leans up against a guy and you know, you're at home going, what? He's not doing anything. Well, he's right. not, right. but the, on, um, I think it was Ed's pressure, which turned into a sack for uh, Bryant. Um, he did it or no, that was Addison getting Bryant to sack or what have you. But basically Ed comes up with a pressure because his first move is stymied, but what he, he ends up doing is working the left guard by getting his hands reset and pressuring the guards hands again. You know, that ends and the end zone. Look at that was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole point is like, if a guy starts and stops, you know, you're an offensive lineman's dream. If you're a guy that has a motor who can have a second move when you're stopped those guys are just beasts. And he did. It was it was great because the reason I love the clip is it caught it on camera. And you see Ed Oliver's beat, and then he brings his right hand up and he swaps, he swats the left hand, and he moves his uh his left hand underneath the, the left arm of the uh the left guard. It was it was really cool. So Pamela has actually got a super chat. Pamela, thank you so much for being a part of the show and asking John a question. And she says, Fina. And then she says, sorry, I always have to yell his name. Uh, I'm getting ahead, but who will replace Trey and how will Trey uh, not playing affect our defense next week? Cheers. So that's a loaded one. I'll let you. uh, Cheers. Pamela. She always shouts. I'm surprised it's not in all caps, (laughs) underlined and uh, bold faced. You know, honestly, I, I, I think. This defense right now, the way they're playing, they're as poised as any defense to plug and play a guy, especially mm. a guy that has what we think is pretty darn good talent, right? Dane Jackson. Mm. I mean, he's he's shown that he can play football. Now it's just you got to. There's got to be enough pressure on him to know that he's ostensibly the man. He's the man in the game, and then but enough, uh, I guess, intellect by. Uh, Leslie Frazier to understand where and when we can give him help. Uh, just not help like he needs help, mm-hmm. but this help of kind of grooving your way into it. You know, the first time, it's not the first time you go out on the field, but I mean, he's going to play the whole damn game, likely, mm-hmm. if he performs well. So they got to provide him a little bit of cover. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure how they're going to do that. Um, you know, whether they'll play him to the the field or the boundary or whether they're going to put Milano dedicated on his side, drop into space or Tremaine. Tremaine would probably be the guy's got a little bit more range and Milano's a little bit better rusher. So it, it will be, it, it will, if it's ignored, I'll be bothered, right? I mean, we'll never be privy to it unless in the event that he's exposed and left on an island. Mm-hmm. So they, they got to provide a little air cover. Ah, defensive backs, air cover. Yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in Dave Jackson. It's it's interesting because I think if, if I mean I think the run support is actually going to get stronger. I think Dane is an incredible. He's shown that he makes plays. He's around the ball, so he has a feel for where the ball is going to go. He's instinctive that way, and he's a sure tackler. So I'm actually well, excited to see. Go ahead. Make no mistake, they're not going to attack him for his ability. They're just going to attack him in his confidence. Right. That's what they're. That's all they're trying to do. Right. I mean. He, we like to say we don't think he'd be on the team if he didn't have the skill, but I think I know uh, where you go with that. <laughs> Me, I'm not going. I'm staying oh, positive. That's number. I'm eight. staying positive, sir. Positive. That was a uh, nod of acknowledgement. <laughs> um, it's it's. I think if there's a game that's going to set up nicely for him to kind of get his legs underneath him, it is this one because you know Mac Jones is not going to be chucking the ball 60 yards downfield all game. Yeah, he's pretty much shown this season that or they've shown. Smartly, like they did with Brady when Brady was young, like they did with Roethlisberger when Roethlisberger was young. They they just kept, kept him kind of close. Stay in that 10, 8 to 10, 15-yard range and don't do anything silly. I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, this week, uh, this Monday night as well. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt that Dane will be at home. He'll be on his familiar turf. It's not grass. I mean, those bode well for him to step into that role and, you know, give a little sigh of relief, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John DeFazio just comes and says, what's up, fellas? Love the show. Smash the like button. Yes, that's one thing I miss. Every single show, I miss telling people to like to hit the like button. If you have not yet subscribed to the uh, Rumblings YouTube channel, please subscribe and then hit the little bell too because if you hit the bell, then you get notified every single time uh, Rumblings is about to do a show, whether it's this one or one of our other many good I shows. needed that today. I thought today was Thursday again. <laughs> So we're going to move on now after post Saints game headed into the Patriots game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from what you saw, the work. What are some things that we need to do better? This team, the, where where are they focused this week? Uh, just just from a fundamental standpoint, game plan standpoint, execution standpoint, yada yada yada. Well, <clears throat> it's clear that you, the offensive line play kind of goes up and down. I thought they played pretty darn well yesterday, aside from mm. a couple plays. They they can still get better. I think Cody Ford needs to he needs to do better on the backside of running plays. He was quiet. Um, like you didn't hear his name get called. I don't yeah. right. I mean, yeah, and I, you know, I'm not calling him out for holding here. I'm just talking about incremental yeah. improvement that can still be made. I mean, I, I don't know. One of my secrets, people ask, like, uh, you know, what, how were you able to play so long? What'd you do? You know, there's there's three things that you need to do to stay in the game, right? You don't jump. You don't cause penalties, right? You don't. You don't miss assignments, and you stay off the ground. Yeah, you know th- those are the things you got to do. And you know what helped me with a lot of that was jumping rope. As far as staying off the ground, I used to jump rope every day. Wow. And I, I look at some of these guys, and I, you know, you don't, you could still be big and just jump rope for a little while because I, I think there's some fast twitch stuff that needs to be improved on, like on the snap of the ball when you need to gain ground. Our offensive linemen just they need to have a little quicker first step. Mm. And that's just my my way of looking at it. Mostly the right guard and left tackle. Uh, 
in my tiny little opinion. What else uh, needs work? Shoot, uh, I'd still like to have my tight ends and my receivers block a little bit better. There was a poor block by show i can't uh, gabe davis i have it in my notes somewhere over here gabe and uh and uh uh Knox on the same play mm. <clears throat> uh the defense will have to get better just vis-a-vis having a hole right and, uh, i don't think josh thinks ever that he's plateaued so he you know he's going to be working on it right and uh, the, the game the, the running game Needs to get better. To your point, and we'll go to a clip. Uh, let me drop this uh, needs work banner. Uh, we'll go to a clip here, but it's uh, one. It's the fifth clip, I believe, is what I got. Yep, the fifth clip. Uh, just on that confusion piece, which is this one right here, which um, you watch Dion like the the so the end comes out and he races towards Brita, who's rushing to the flat, and Dion basically you know sees that he's kind of he releases him right to Brita. And then he cuts back inside to pick up and ship that guy. Meanwhile, Breed is out there. And then end just darts for Allen. And I guess for me, the question, because when we as fans see this play, my guess is, is we're blaming Deion Dawkins. That's Deion's guy. Let him go. Another bad rep by Deion Dawkins. You know what I'm saying? But when they're in the film room after this, like on, well, it wasn't on Friday. They gave him Friday off. But when they, when they hit the film room with the team, what is the conversation around that play right there? Because it, it it almost got he like one of them got sugared for, to your point right. Well, Dion never should have done this. He never should have left that guy. I mean, for the first rule of offensive linemen, and that is fat guys like it easy. <laughs> so this guy basically takes himself out of the play, and now you're going to look to work, right? You're, he's turning and looking to work. You know, you got it easy right now, and you're trying to find trouble. Right. So the Dion should have stayed on him and he knows he should have, he's just trying to do more. Um, but it, I mean, another split sec, split second, half a second, quarter second, he would have realized that he's not going to follow the running back. This is a mistake. This is a, it's a mental error with good intentions, I suppose. Is the- What's amazing is how surprised Josh was that he was, that he was barreling down on him. Like Josh's reaction. <laughs> he sees, he sees, he looks for Brita as the outlet. He's like, Oh, I got Brita. Whoa. Well, right at that moment is when Pam Adana screamed, Josh. <laughs> that was actually a really good impression. Like you almost got her accent down perfect, her little Buffalo accent. Like that was She's amazing. fuming right now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's she, go on to the next one. Dion's just trying to do too much. He, he should have stayed on the guy. Well, I just want to talk about his fast twitch. You want to talk about fast twitch muscles. Watch how fast Josh leaves the pocket. Ready? And go. And he's gone. Like the guy yeah. caught him still, but that was impressive how fast he, he yeah, rolled. Yeah, so. looked over there. Was like, whoa, shoot! I should stay on that guy. <laughs> Should've taken Grr. the easy work. Pam, Pam is back into the uh, chat with a super chat. She says, Joseph, they can't roll his R's. He can't trill his R's. How confident am I that the Bills are going to beat the Pats? I'm uh, op- cautiously optimistic. I think you know, as I a percentage, as a per- as a percentage, sixty-five thirty-five. Ooh. So anytime you're playing Belichick and a Belichick coach team, he's going to bring something. Now, the thing that I like about this football game is Josh Allen has played that defense and played Belichick, I think five times, five or six times. Mm. So that puts us in a situation where he's got some familiarity and the monkeys off the back. He's also beaten that defense uh, a couple times. So I, I, if they I'm, can, if they can protect, if they can, I mean, protect, you, what, what, I mean, if you're Belichick's defense, what are you going after? You're going after, 
you're going after the pass protection. Yes, but but Belichick also knows going back to last year when he torched him in Foxborough that you cannot you can't blitz Josh Allen. If you blitz him, he's going to beat you. So they can't bring too many guys. Everything okay? Yeah. Hmm. he's gonna do it he's gonna find a way in fact that alignment that we saw earlier with ed oliver stacked on the same side as the other two defensive linemen as soon as i saw that i was like oh belichick where you been the concerns that i have in this football game is belichick is going to do what he can to put 200 rushing yards on this football team so he's going to run the ball like crazy Mm -hmm. uh who the bills decide what the one dimensional what they decide if they choose to stop the run or they choose to stop mac jones i don't know we'll find out but belichick is gonna right he's gonna run the ball hard and then there's an aspect of overconfidence that i don't want to see from the bills and that's because Little known fact, the Titans rushed for like 240 or 250 yards against them this past weekend. They got they got ran by by the Patriots, but they ran. But the they had ball. three fumbles, right? Yeah, but they ran the ball all over yeah. them. And my fear is that the Bills are going to come in and be like, we can do that too. And it's like, no, <laughs> we can't. Well, if they do, I'm going to pull up episode whatever this is, minute 41. <laughs> There's always a chance. Does that mean you, gotta, you can't abandon it. Does that mean being a negative again? I'm so I didn't, say, I didn't say abandon it. I just I don't want to see 35 rushing attempts. I guess. And that's <laughs> number four. You're up to nine. I need to get you a little ding, like a little bell. Ding. <laughs> maybe. No, it'd be more have, like a whoopee cushion. If it'll if if you, if, you, if you can ring a bell, maybe it'll stop me from doing. I guess I, mm-hmm. I suppose. But uh, uh, so the next one is uh, you want to talk about Tremaine Edmonds uh, real quick, and I got to back this thing up. So. Yeah, well, that was actually the best spot to start it from at the end of the play because I I love Tremaine, and I'm not a Tremaine denier. That's hilarious. But what I would like to see him do here is just accelerate and go for it and go for the tackle rate. Instead of doing what he's doing, Uh, be like the guy that covers the punts. First one down, take a shot. Because at the end of the play, right here, so he basically gets seven yards on Tremaine because he just sets his feet. And you got three defenders behind him that are going to come up for support. Who probably, if you you slow him up for a step by going after him with the ranginess that he has, maybe he doesn't get the first down. Does it matter in this game? No. That's probably the, matter in a later game, perhaps. That's probably the next phase of maturation for Tremaine is to just trust and run through that guy, right? Just blow him up, which is what we see Jordan Poyer do. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poyer just sees a guy, targets his hips, and just runs through him, right? Agreed. Anyway, not to pick on Tremaine because I think he's awesome. I, I love your point, though. I love your point about the fact that you know, has he if he if he runs through him, and even if he misses and, and gets juked out of his out of his sneakers, there's three guys behind him that can pick up the slack. Jeez, Joe, at least someone's trying to bring value to the show. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm I'm watching this tape. What can I say about the defense uh, that needs work? And there's nothing needs work. But I thought, here's an interesting play that most people would just, oh, whatever. He ran for seven yards. And right. I'm trying to look at things a little bit more provocatively just to bring you along a little, Joe. Well, I appreciate that. I've learned a lot from you. So oh, uh, this is, uh, that's the admit there. That's the. Oh, that's it. Oh. That was, Ed, that was Ed Oliver. So this is uh, Deion Dawkins here. Uh, one of his. Uh, not great reps. Well, look, I'm telling you right now, it's the <clears throat> the false step. Now, I know it's loud there, but that's why you see, go back this beautifully. Uh, right, stop right there. So look at his left foot. 
right? Mm -hmm. So that left foot either has to pat in space or it has to go backward. I was a fan of going back and getting a set. So what happens is you might be a little late off the ball because it's loud. That happens. But if you've done 10,000 of these the way that I would have, that I teach it, then that foot's going back. So what happens, you take a false step, then you're moving your right foot and you're pretty much discombobulated. The left hand is down. The right hand is down. There's no chance to strike with the left because he's open, but his right doesn't really strike at places. So he really never affects the trajectory of Granderson's rush, who, by the way, Granderson was not a bad football player. I don't care how young he is. No, so watch the, their defense watch, is good. watch the first step. And if you see the second step, uh, it's going to compensate. But what that will cause him to do is turn his shoulders far sooner than he would like. Gotcha. I'll run it. So yeah, his foot goes up, like his foot goes up in the air, up and, and kind forward. of forward and forward. Yep. Yep. So he doesn't have a base under him now and he doesn't strike. Hmm. And it's hard. I mean, he's trying to keep his right eyeball on the ball. Um, and then you got to get your eyes to the targeting point. But I think, you know, his hands floating around a little bit don't help. And he's just, he's got to be, a, he's got to be a, a, a little bit more detailed on that set step. Yeah, dangerous play there. They they actually went to Josh's legs twice. I mean, I know he kind of sort of got knocked into, but he kind of gave up on that too. The defender did Granderson and went and and went kind of low. I mean, he well, that's because in. he got held. If yeah, you see but, it from the end zone, Dawkins grabbed him by the helmet. Oh yeah, right well there. shoulder pad right there. So maybe yeah, I guess he's got a horse collar on him. And then the last one, uh, if still I'm not should have flagged it. Still should have flagged it. The last one is this one, which I wanted to bring this up because we talked. Oh, man, it was early. It was probably the first or second game of the season. And you had made the comment about striking with their hands. Or was it when you were here? It may have been the Washington game when you were here and we were talking just about, because Washington game was, what, the third game of the season? I think it was when you were here. And you had just said that, uh, you know, it's important. Even no matter what the what the offensive lineman does, regardless of what he sees, he's got to strike. He's got to, he can't let them, because that was back when the guys were getting into their bodies, if you remember. Mm -hmm. They yeah. were letting the defenders into their bodies. And so Dawkins does, to your point, what he's supposed to do, he strikes, he just misses. And it's well, just... This goes back to stop it right there. This goes back to the two ships in the night kind of thing. Typically, when you see an off or defensive lineman run a stunt, a single stunt where he's going from a C gap to a B gap or B to an A gap, they typically gain ground. And that means advance into the backfield as they're doing it. So think of more here like a 45 or a 30 degree angle aiming toward Boatker. But what he actually does here, he goes flat. It's almost 90 degrees and he's off the ball. Nah, maybe not. Maybe just a little bit. So this, <laughs> I mean, this is unfortunate. This has happened to me once mm. at least where it just takes one step. But because Granderson is so flat, he can't get anything on him and it just kind of sucks. Um, I, I, you know, that's why that measured step is so important. And I think actually his step isn't too bad here. Mm. The thing that baffles me a little bit is the hold on the Jersey with a guy who's running up the gut at like the quarterback who's best at evading rushers <laughs> might've rather let him go and let Josh, you know, lickety split out of there, throw it downfield or pick up 15 on a run. Right, Watch how off. flat he goes here. See how flat he goes? Yep, yep, yep. And then from the end zone, yeah, it's coming you up. know, I mean, that's aiming. Look how wide he is. I mean, he is really wide, and that's not a huge step, 
by Dawkins. And his second step is actually pretty good. The right foot goes back in the ground, but it, because Granderson is so flat, it's it's kind of, it's just a kind of a shitty deal. Now, mean, now, when you say flat, you mean he's working perfectly parallel across the line of scrimmage, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying that Granderson is going flat rather than toward Doc. He's not pressing the shoulder. He's going to get into the gap. If he were coming at Dawkins' right shoulder, he probably would have had him. Mm-hmm. At least I more, love, more gooder love- than this. More gooder. I love that he tried to strike. I love that he did what mm-hmm. he was supposed to do. He tried to strike and just missed him. And it's just one of those. It's just good. It's one of those times. It's just yeah. Happen. But look, had he not held him, yeah, I mean, Josh we, we'd, away. We'd have been in good shape. Yeah. Well, other than it was an incomplete pass, Josh well, threw, he, threw it on a line fifty yards downfield. But yeah, he wouldn't have thrown it. He would have run it. I'm revising history. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. Just like uh, our tight end is the best blocking machine ever. Great guy, but he needs work. So yeah. Yeah, there's the fake there's, news there's, broadcasters. There's your strike just totally misses on him. It's just, yeah, but look how flat he is. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's almost a block in the back. They could have thrown him thrown a flag on it for a block in the back on that point. I used to call that clipping, remember? <laughs> yes, I do. Clipping. <laughs> I do remember that. How many times did you do that, John? How many times did you clip somebody? I mean that I got caught or did perform <laughs> the act of <laughs> Touche. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll move on from that one. Was there anything else in this game that you felt was, you know, maybe maybe something they're going to have to work on? For me, there's a lot of, I, I think what, maybe we just missed it last year. Maybe Josh made up for it. Maybe we don't know the truth. It seems like there's a lot of missed assignments this year. Uh, like the, the the screenplay that Josh recovered amazingly, but because it was a screenplay, screenplay set up to Josh's left, he rolls out. The entire offensive line goes that way. It was beautiful. Probably the best setup screen pe- screenplay they've done all year. And he looks out there, no Breida. Breida's gone. So he's like, he doesn't panic. He just tucks the ball, runs to the side, and then throws a dart to Dawson Knox, like in traffic. And Knox catches the ball, illegal, you know, ineligible receiver downfield or yeah. ineligible man downfield because it's a screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> but there, it seems like there's a, not discipline, it seems like there's some assignment issues on this offense. I- I, I I'm not going to disagree with you because uh, we you know I've shown on film areas where people are blocking the wrong guy. They're not. Right. You got to be able to count. You got to start with whoever sets the count. The center or the quarterback is setting the count. I take that guy or you take that guy, and then we count this way or we count that way depending on how we're going. But somebody's not confident enough or making the right calls, or the guys don't know the plays. I mean, we used to. Carl Mock used to give us a test the night before every game, or the morning, more Saturday morning before every game, and you had to fill out every position on the offensive line: who the running backs blocked, who the receiver blocked, and who the tight ends were blocking. And if you didn't get it, the same play repeated itself throughout the season, mm. right? And then there's a couple of guys who just kept missing the same thing, and then you know eventually the old guys were like, "Dude, you are dumb as." You have a bleep. Where's the bleep? <laughs> we don't have one. So I don't. I don't know. I mean, I've always been a fan of testing. You know, I think that testing well, elicits uh, homework performance, right? So, so I agree with you. There, there, there have been some. There have been some missed opportunities because people are just blocking the wrong damn guy. So when you got to the Buffalo Bills, uh, they were a well-oiled machine. That offense was a well-oiled machine. Like it was borderline unstoppable. 
it got stopped only a couple times every single year. Other than that, it was it was a race to the end zone every single game. But you, but was March Broda there when you got there? Or, or, or no, he had just uh, left for the Colts. Just left the Colts. Yeah. So there's an there's an aspect of I guess the question I'm asking is is you got to play for several different offensive coordinators. So when you're in the when you're in the room when you're in whatever it is when you're doing film study when you're doing you know the the, the game plan stuff when you're whatever. What are the nuances? If you could, I mean, do you was there a recognition on you that it was like, oh, this guy's good, like from an offensive coordinator standpoint, or is it all pretty much the same thing and it's up to the player just to get it? Well, I'll tell you this schematically, the run game is far more exciting than it was when I played, especially mm. when I first got there. I mean, and that, that's because of the they're allowing quarterbacks to run the ball more, mm. they're stealing from the college game because in the college game, you have to make up for. I really only have seven players on offense. You know, I got two guys that shouldn't be out there. So they're they're doing some really exciting things. And that just that's the onus is on you to study. Right. And there's more. And the Buffalo Bills have run an, a pretty wide variety of singular running plays, meaning uh not just a wrinkle off of that one. Like this is a completely different play than this play. Right. And you have to be, you know, the installation starts on Wednesday. That's the most boring day. You know, you're kind of going over and, you know, you're going through the book, turning the page, talking about this is 4-3, this is 4-3 stacked, this is 4-3, you know, shade, the types of fronts that you're going to see and all the percentages in there. And, you know, you're an hour and a half into that thing. You start to gloss over a little bit. You got to, like, sit up, <laughs> breathe deep. But more importantly... I mean, I don't know how the coach is testing their knowledge at any position. I'm not just calling out the offensive line. I just see it more because I don't know anything about secondary play. Shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, I I would say that. I'll use it against you later, but yeah. I would agree. Oh, I take one of your minuses off and give it to (laughs) me. John DeFazio, Super Chat, uh, says, I wonder, and I'm going to have a question for you after I read this, I wonder if we could implement into our game plan more Redskin or student body run plays with Brita to get that outside. Can you please explain to us, John, what Redskin or student body run plays are? I'm I'm assuming that Redskin harkens back to the hog days when they used to pitch and run out there quite a bit. I don't know. I've never heard that expression. I thought he was talking about potatoes. I love those waxy potatoes <laughs> with corned beef in March. What's amazing about pitch outs is they've actually run some pitch outs and they ran a couple in the Saints game and the Bills have prolifically not been a pitch out team ever. Like Yeah, and they they ran the same play that Breida ran to the left and had a very nice gain. And then later in the game, they ran it to the right. Minus gotcha. one, minus two. He's clarifying um, saying pull the guard and the tackle, not just the guard. Yeah. Well, sometimes you get a variation of it. Now you're seeing a guard and a tackle go. I'm sorry, a tackle and a center go. Sometimes it's a guard and a, and a, and a center, a guard and a guard. That, and then that's based, all based on alignment. And that's mm-hmm. just, and so that can be challenging, right? Because you are going to pull the guy based on the defensive alignment in front of you, you want to get both guys out. So you're down block, down block, and there's communication issues. So that's not an easy play. If you run it against a defense that has multiple fronts out of their four, two. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, I, thanks by the way, I I know what he meant, but uh, (laughs) I, we're getting as much of it in the past three weeks, I think as we'll get all season. I don't think it can be the focus and it might have been a little bit more focused in this game because they felt as if uh, the Saints were a little softer on the edges than they were in the middle. Mm, gotcha. 
So looking ahead officially now to the Patriots game, uh, we got a couple minutes left in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your expectations? Uh, I was already asked, do I, am I confident that the Bills can beat them? I said 65-35. What are your expectations? Where's your confidence level with the Patriots coming into Buffalo? Monday night, it's going to be cold. The wind should not be a factor. Looks like there's going to be some flurries. Uh, but home crowd, right? Belichick coming in here, evil empire. So I always go with my jersey number, 70-30. Yeah, 70-30. I like it. It's not, not really what I believe, but anytime I could throw the 70 out there, I think it's a little higher than that. Um, Josh Allen's drops were better. Uh, he's got to continue to stay uh, diligent about that. I love the downhill linebacking uh, linebackers just flying up in there. It's been great. Knox is blocking. He has to get better. I saw Bates come in and then go out. I don't know what that means. Who knows? Do we get uh, Star Latulalele back? Do we get Spencer Brown? Reports are, I believe McDermott said that Star is feeling well, and there has been no report on Spencer Brown at all. So the only thing that I've heard is speculation Mm -hmm. that he was at the facility the day that he tested positive, and Mm -hmm. so they're assuming that he wasn't showing symptoms. So, but there has been no real conversation about Spencer Brown at all. So, what? How about this, real quick? Darrell Williams was a stalwart last year as the right tackle. I said many times he was the unsung hero of the offense. Like, just went out there, did his job. Like, just owned people to the point of owning T.J. Watt at one point mm-hmm. uh, in that in that Steelers game. Why all of a sudden is he struggling when he gets out at right tackle? Is it the guy next to him? Like, what is going on there? I don't think he's struggling that much, frankly. I mean, I, I think he's doing a pretty a damn good job. There's a perception that he's struggling. Sure. Well, I mean, one lineman bad, all linemen bad. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, yeah. Morse is playing well. I mean, it, it just gets highlighted, I think, mostly because our expectations are extraordinarily high, too. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're got the target on our back. Daryl did play extremely well last year. I don't think he's playing poorly by any stretch. I don't think yeah. he's really even struggling. Everybody has a bad game every now and again, but I don't think he's had. I mean, I thought this game was actually particularly good for him. Um, and everybody except for a few bad plays by my man Dion. I uh, heard on the local radio station here in town today that uh, somebody that they were very excited to get Spencer Brown back because they want him versus Matthew Judon versus Darrell Williams. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know that I want the rookie. <laughs> I'm like the best defensive end in football right now. I think I might yeah. want the vet. I'll tell you the key to winning this game though is, is if we get the ball first, score first, right? First possession score. Um, shut them down if they have it first and score. Mm-hmm. And then same thing for the third quarter. I think that just bodes incredibly well for us. A designed run for Josh when we have the ball, a smart designed run. He slides to the ground, which he's been doing pretty damn good job of recently. And I think, you know, we can build on uh, the excitement that we talk about all the time that they need to artificially create that can like lift them up a little bit. Yeah. For sure, and 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 understand that they're still whether whether they had been four and seven at this point or seven and four, even if they were four and seven, people would still be coming after them because of last year. It doesn't matter; they just still want to say we beat those Bills because there's sure. this perception out there. So before we wrap the show, uh, our normal slot is nine o'clock on Monday nights. Well, at nine o'clock on Monday night next week, the Buffalo Bills are going to be playing a football game. So, do we want to do the off tackle with John Fina show as a pregame show? Or do we want to move it to Tuesday? Now, Tuesday is the uh, code, uh, code of Conduct show with Jay Spence at 9. So we could do it at 8, which means we'd be an hour earlier. But uh, I'll put you on the spot. So everybody's everybody's watching and listening. So we might as well tell them where they can find us next week. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know the uh, Arizona Wildcat basketball schedule. That's number one. <laughs> uh, Roman's basketball schedule. That's number one. Two. <laughs> no, the Wildcats are number one. Roman's number one. Uh, so I got. I have to look at that. And then you have like ten million followers on the Twitter box. We'll just not really. Every, well, well, we'll get it out there. We'll get it. I think you've got more than me. I don't know. I think you do. So you're 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 a celebrity. So I'm just I'm just the guy that tosses softballs to you for you to like knock them out of the park. No, no, you're you're a huge contributor, and <laughs> I got you down here for nine negatives. So well, that was technically a negative as well. It was just negative about myself. So rounded out to 10. ten. We are officially at ten. Right. No, no diagrams this program. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe next time. I'm still waiting for our listeners to like send in a play. You know yeah. that they want analyzed. So everybody out there listening, if you see a play, you know just send out the the quarter and the time on the clock at the snap, and we'll have a look at it. Um, bring it in. If you super chat it, we'll 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 throw it up there, and we'll see what we can do. Here we go. Before I let you go, John DeFazio says, love the show, fellas, and film breakdown. Miss you, Fiena, in Buffalo. Maybe you can come back and coach someday. Um, Tiny Mike football, baby. <laughs> Have you ever thought about – I know you do some coaching at the high school level, like as far as that help. We talked about that, I think, off the air. Uh, have you thought about coaching? Uh, no. No, not at all? Too much? I have, to- but it's just, you know. Too demanding? Uh-oh, did we lose him? I think we just lost John Fina. <laughs> he looks good. There. Oh, you're back. You're back. Did we lose you or were you just drinking beer the whole time? No, you lost me. No, <laughs> uh, what, you have to be willing to move. Everybody gets fired, right? So that's a good you, point. You go to the Buffalo Bills and you're there for three to five years. If you're lucky, seven to ten. Right. But man, as soon as that runs up, you're, you know, you're on, you know working the job market again and you're living in another city again. So if yeah. you like to plant roots, uh, it's not really the job for you. So Pam is, uh, making a stick around longer. Uh, Pam with one more super chat before we roll out of here, uh, Fina and Joe, what do we need to do to win next Monday? I think you a- answered this question. Did you? Yeah, no, I get it. But Pam, mm. Pam wants a little recap and she always yells at me. So I have to do what she says. <laughs> We definitely have to protect the passer. Yes. More gooder than we've done in a long time. And it's not because they're super fantastic. It's this division rivalry, right? They just they're going to get up and go at each other's throats. So we have to protect the passer. We have to stop the run. You do those two things and don't turn the ball over and we win. That's it. Gotcha. And I'm going to do my three best. Things. Sorry. I'm, I'm, One, two, three. And I'm going to do my best to not be negative after that football game, regardless of what happens. I'm going to try to bring some positivity. So, Pam, you heard it. He's going to try. But uh, so that show will air. The overreaction post game show will air right after the Monday Night Football game, and we and, and we are to TBD to be determined when this show is going to air next week. But we will get it to you, whether it's on uh, Monday night before the game or I guess it would have to be earlier than eight. We have to come on at seven to do a pregame show. We have to come on at seven on Monday. Yeah. That's actually sounds like fun. Hey, but hey, to all the super chatters, thank you to all of our wonderful fans of the Off Tackle with John Fina show, the OTWJF. Thanks a lot. We have a great time here. It's always more fun after a victory, not so much after a loss. But if you don't Andrew think Monday. there's ways to get better, then uh, you're not looking closely enough. And I know Joe does. We love being here together. Joe, my uh, wonderful host, me, the lack of talent. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going to be looking forward to next week. We'll, we'll announce it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show brought to you by Q42 on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and being uh, tuned into us. Joe Miller, John Fina, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.